0: House of Cards chapter 49 is over, but we are just getting started here on the House of Cards post-show recap. And now, here are the guys who are about to enjoy
1: two Cobb salads. I'm (laughs) Rob Sesternino. Here's my running mate, Zach Brooks. The people have spoken, Rob. The Brooks Sesternino ticket is in. This is it. (laughs) That's it. That's it. And yes, there's been a mandate. We're going on a mandate? (laughs) You and I? (laughs)
0: Yes, yes. Oh, my God. All right. Can you believe it? Here we are. It seemed like it was a completely implausible scenario, but about six episodes ago. But now here we are with the Democratic ticket for 2016. Underwood, Underwood. Oh, man. Underwood squared. (laughs) Underwood squared. So here we are.
1: Can you believe it? I feel like they did a pretty good job here. Okay, I could see it. Yeah, I... I I like it. I have a little bit of an issue with kind of how everything got tied up so quickly in the Mm -hmm. last 15 minutes. Like it feels like, like at the end I wrote down like, what about the vote that was going on? Like all of these States doing their vote. And then the, the head of the convention just comes out and says, I move that it's Underwood, Underwood. And, and there we have it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think that once Durant gave her votes
0: to Claire, I think it was sort of like, okay, well, there's nothing that anybody can do. So I think it sort of became just like a moot point. So I don't know if they stopped doing the vote due to some sort of mercy rule once she has like <laughs> clinched. I don't know exactly how that works. It was also the House of Cards thing where... Everybody could be like protesting one minute and then something happens and then everybody turns into forgetting that they were protesting. Like you would never see that happen in real life that people are so dug in, like all these people that really love Bernie Sanders and hate Hillary or are super pro Hillary, but not really for Bernie Sanders. Like you can't imagine like either Bernie or Hillary giving one speech and then all these people just completely change their opinion.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, like, what a bunch of sheeple out in the audience of that (laughs) convention. (laughs) They're just like, yeah, Durant. And she's like, and I support Claire Underwood. Yeah, Claire Underwood. All right. (laughs) And you could almost see that scenario of like a,
0: you know, Bernie Hillary supporter flipping more so than like on the Republican side where somebody is like really goo goo gaga for Ted Cruz all of a sudden just like (laughs) going nuts for Trump at the convention. Yeah, that's true. So uh, we'll see. And maybe, you know, shades of what's to come at these conventions this summer, where it's going to certainly be uh,
1: as entertaining, I think, as uh, on House of Cards. Yeah. Do you think as much will happen in the in the convention this summer as there has happened in these last two episodes of House of Cards? Uh, Melania
0: Trump as vice president. Do you think that's where we're headed? (laughs) oh man that would that would be something else huh yeah well you know i was thinking about this the other day i think i was making coffee and i had a total hot take i think (laughs) Ivanka Trump uh, I think that might be a solid pick for Donald Trump for vice president
1: yeah he he really gets all of his his actions from this show he's like oh that's that's interesting but what if (laughs) because I think that Ivanka Trump is like super favorable I think that she's really like the uh, Claire
0: Underwood comparison I think that you know no matter what people feel about Donald Trump I think most people are pretty high on Ivanka Trump
1: I think that she really could really help the ticket Oh man. Well hopefully uh hopefully Trump's listening and you're giving him some, some <laughs> insights, some hot takes. Yeah. Hot coffee takes. Yeah. All right, so we'll see. Maybe this is gonna be uh all come true uh in the summer,
0: but and we'll see. A house of cards will be like, oh boy, that was really uh, you know, a just a, a harbinger of what's to come. But uh let's talk about what actually did happen here in chapter 49 of House of Cards. And of course, uh, the big kerfuffle with Durant, where she basically was going to not talk to the president. And then Frank Underwood had to basically uh, call an emergency meeting about Ico just to get her in the same room with him. Do you think now is the Ico thing picking up steam or did Frank just totally use this as a way to leverage Durant uh
1: no I think this is uh this is out there and, and Frank just kind of keeps ignoring it and he says that he's not going to use matters of national security for political gain but that's exactly what he's doing and I I'm worried about this I think this isn't going away Frank isn't taking it seriously and we're in for we're in for some Ico business in our last couple episodes and there's only three episodes left I mean to
0: inject a Ico crisis into this i know that they've been talking about it a lot and i guess i think i'm probably a fool in house of cards lingo when they sort of talk about something enough it does sort of start to pop in like sort of like a oh you're gonna raid the funds from fema what if there's a hurricane and, you know, sure enough, like the hurricane is on the horizon. So you're probably
1: right. I just don't see how that's going to fit in with everything that we have going on these last three episodes. You know, I think the most likely thing is some sort of attack that, that we see um, affect people. And whether that happens at the very end of the season or maybe in the second to last episode. But um, I, I can't imagine Ico is not leading somewhere.
0: All right. So we'll see ultimately what happens there in those final three episodes. But for Claire and Frank, if you're going to handicap this election right now, where it looks like Conway is still beating Frank Underwood by 15 points in all of these polls. Do you think now the Claire Underwood added to the ticket, do you think that this is going to be more of an even race
1: now? Yeah, I could see the next episode starting, and Frank is actually in the lead in the polls, and then Conway does something in the next episode that gets him back the advantage.
0: We'll see now if Conway is able to really burn Frank on this, because nobody has really come out, even Durant or anybody or Dunbar, none of these people have really come out and said, really— the the president just made his wife the vice president. Is that really a sound decision? Like nobody <laughs> has other, you know, the, in the focus groups we heard that people were like, "Oh, I would never want that." But nobody, none of his political
1: opponents are really trying to uh, nail him on this. Yeah, except uh, they did mention that Jackie Sharp is poisoning the well on Frank. So um you know do we see something happen with jackie sharp in the next episode
0: i thought it was curious that we heard about jackie sharp and didn't see her in this episode what do you think that that means for jackie sharp overall maybe the actress wasn't available i don't know what Um,
1: is she doing she's done nothing this season yeah well you know i mean if she's just gonna be on screen just to show that she's poisoned in the well they can say it and and not have to have her and they also mentioned remy in this episode and he didn't appear so Mm -hmm. that's true I was really
0: surprised that Dunbar was back in the mix because I really thought that where they left it, that she was really just like a disgraced person and was seen (laughs) as somebody who was helping to plot to assassinate Frank Underwood. But here she was like very much in the running to be
1: the Democratic nominee. Like you would think she'd be at the convention, right? Yeah, she was not D-O-N-E Bar, I guess. She was was back. She had a fighting chance and had like 30 percent of the votes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know that there were votes that had been cast for her. And
0: I guess like that really that race was going. I mean, for Frank to be only that far ahead of her, like she
1: must have had such a huge lead at one point. Right. Yeah, I guess that that must be what it is. And it was like votes collected. She already had those. um, So she was able to count them. But yeah, she wasn't even at the convention. She was hanging out with Tom Hammerschmidt. And then all of a sudden Durant had three percent of
0: the vote and then it was going to come down to all of these super delegates you know i hear those delegates aren't even so super i hear they're more like mediocre delegates (laughs) supersize them yeah So that was uh, how it was all laid out for us by uh, the big bad Wolf Blitzer at the start of the
1: episode. Yeah. Talk about some exposition. We had about five minutes of them just laying down where everything is. It was like, all right, cool. Now we know where we are. Thanks. Thanks, Wolf. And I don't know who the other guy was like, um, Wolf,
0: they could vote for you. It's like, well, I wouldn't want that to happen. Wink, wink.
1: Yeah, that was weird. Are are we getting is this a hint that maybe Wolf Blitzer will be the nominee in season seven of House of Cards? Uh, Breaking news at this
0: hour. uh, Big bad Wolf Blitzer is running as an independent. (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) And now uh, Frank and Conway have to come together to defeat Wolf
1: Blitzer. (laughs) They'll huff and they'll puff and they'll blow Wolf's house down.
0: Everything is going on there. But some other big, big stories to talk about here at the top of the show. Uh, we talked about in the last episode, where is this going with Claire going down to Texas? You said, okay, well, mom is definitely not going to make it. Uh, you were right about that. But I said also, boy, Claire and Yates, the way that he's like holding her face on the airplane, feel like that Clates could happen. We're both right.
1: (laughs) Clates is happening now. It was amazing. Is
0: happening now. So talk about first Clates. Is this just a one-time fling, or do you think that we are going to seeing
1: some sort of ongoing affair for Claire Underwood with Yates? I really hope it's just kind of a one-time thing. If we get into this ongoing affair, I mean, Frank and Claire aren't the kind of couple that these, these extramarital affairs really get in the way of their relationship and their power. I mean, we've seen Frank with Zoe Barnes. We've seen Claire with The Reporter. So we've seen this before, and I just hope this was kind of a a one time. Claire was vulnerable after losing her mom. It was you know sex is about power, so it was a, a power play by Claire. But you know I, I don't want to see this carry on for too long. What is the end game for Yates? Like where is he going? Is this all going to be part of a books one day? Or like what? What is his master plan? Yeah, I don't really know, and and Yates kind of seems like a weird guy. I mean, there were some there were some odd moments in this episode with Yates, like where he's wearing Claire's mother's jewelry, <laughs> and he set out a bunch of uh, set out a bunch of Claire's baby teeth into a smiley face, like really really weird stuff from Yates. Yeah, but Claire's mom says to her, "I think he's good for you." Yeah, she get with and- Yates. Yeah, she and in Claire's speech she said that her she said the opposite. She said her mother told her right before she died to go back and run with Fra- and run with Frank cuz it was what was uh it was what was best for her. But mm-hmm. really she said Yates was what's best for you.
0: And we had everything going on with Claire and her mother and uh the decision uh to euthanize her mom I thought that that all came together very quickly where, you know, the nurse ends up talking to that and maybe Claire's mom put her up to mentioning it to Claire, but you know, very quickly you know, basically like in that moment that they start saying like, I want you to do this. Like, ah, I don't know. I'm like, okay, fine. And you know, 10 minutes later, I think I'd be like "Oh boy, can you give me some time to think about this? Yeah, you're a real Donald Blythe.
1: You need some time to make a decision. (laughs) Yeah, like, hey, you're asking me to murder my parent. (laughs) Yeah. And and she wants Yates in the room when it happens. She just met Yates like two hours ago. Right, and have we mentioned that Yates is writing a tell-all book? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I did think it was interesting that on possibly the most important day of Claire Underwood's life, where she's nominated to be vice president, she starts the day in bed with Yates. Yeah, she does. Birds are chirping and the sun is shining. They made the sunrise together. Shades of Claire with the photographer, no? Yeah, no. I mean, he kind of reminds me of the photographer. He's an artist. He kind of looks like him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like Yates a little bit more than the photographer, but not much. (laughs) I like him a lot more than the
0: photographer. Uh, Let's go back to the baby teeth. To you, what was the significance (laughs) of the baby teeth in the jewelry box? It seems like they were a very important image in this episode. Did you have any thoughts on, uh, the Claire's mom giving Claire
1: the bag of baby teeth? I mean, I think it was uh, a way for them to talk about Claire's childhood and her relationship with her father and, um, how that was just a, that was a tough relationship because Claire admired her father so much. And her mother said that she was jealous of Claire's optimism and that she, you know, she said she was jealous that Claire thought she was the one making the sunrise. Um, so it, it, You know, I I think it's a lot about Claire's youth and we're finding a lot about uh, what happened in Claire's childhood.
0: To me, the imagery that I think of when I hear about a baby on this show, I go back to last season and I go back to that woman that Claire went into her house uh, in Iowa and she was holding the baby and she talked about how sometimes she just wants to smother that baby. And also in Yates's book, he talks about how that Frank and Claire, they have no children. But their baby is this legacy, which is going to ultimately be left by them. And we saw this season that that legacy where Claire tried to basically smother that legacy. Did you feel like that in any way the return of baby teeth or baby imagery is about at the time where Claire is going to be the vice president
1: with Frank and then that legacy is back? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a really good point, and uh, I hadn't thought about the woman in the in last season who said she was going to smother her baby, but that makes a lot of sense with their legacy back on track. They've uh, she tried to smother the legacy, she tried to euthanize the legacy, and it didn't work. And um, now they're going to be potentially president and vice president together.
0: Yeah, we also saw those teeth in the shape of a smiley
1: face, where it's like, okay, the baby, the legacy is back. Yeah, it's it's back. It's positive, smiling. The sun came up. So. Yeah. Yates is going to have the ending to his book. He's happy. Um, And and when Claire was talking to her mother, Claire's mother talked about how Claire would lay with her face up against the window at night with her father. Mm. And Frank, when he's talking about his hallucination, he said that Pete Rousseau shoved his face up against the window. So a a little bit of parallel track there between the two of them.
0: And is there anything too that Frank's face was up against the window at night and Claire is waiting for it to become the day. Anything with day and night
1: imagery? Yeah, I mean, we've got we've got some light and dark. And, you know, Claire also choosing to put her face up to the window versus Frank having his face shoved up against the window. <laughs> By Pete Rousseau. Yeah. Let's talk about what I thought was maybe one of the best scenes in the
0: history of the show, where Frank and Kathy Durant get together in the Oval Office. And he pulls her in there to basically talk it through and Durant feels like she has leverage against Frank she feels like that she's going to dig in her heels and Frank is just masterful in basically how he just tells her exactly how this is all going to go down.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. I'm not quite sure why Durant thought she had leverage when the story is coming out that Petrov is backing the rumors about Durant. Mm-hmm. I mean, that looks pretty damning and I thought I thought that that coming out would sink Kathy Durant. I'm surprised anybody supported her after that.
0: She was kind of like, "Well,
1: it's my side against yours, so we'll see." Yeah, but but Petrov backed it up. I mean, there's like this is a guy who has no skin in the game. I mean, I guess he does, but you would think that he he doesn't have that much skin in the game. And um, and he, he backed up the story uh, against Durant.
0: Yeah, and they're sort of going back and forth. And then Frank starts talking about how when he was in the coma, he started having these fever dreams where he saw Zoe Barnes and Pete Rousseau. And there was cigarettes and razor blades and sex. And he like, <laughs> well, it, you know, it would make sense that they would haunt me because, you know, I did kill them. Uh, and then yeah. uh, amazing i I killed them both but nobody believes that nobody ever will and and he has like the letter opener and he like goes up to her like he's gonna
1: stab her in the stomach and oh i'm just i'm just messing with you Uh, yeah that that was that was an amazing scene and uh, did you think he was gonna kill her no i he, i mean he's gonna murder kathy durant in the oval office <laughs> and then like who's gonna help him move the body
0: out there's gonna be blood everywhere so i know i did not think at any point he was actually going to murder
1: kathy durant yeah I, I don't know i started before he even had the letter opener i'm like why is he telling her all this is he gonna kill her because now she knows and and then he's just like oh no i'm just kidding i didn't actually do any of that stuff yeah, hashtag I, I, kidding I, not kidding about all that that was just a joke yeah speaking of of jokes he he pulled a real joker i felt like he he reminded me of the joker the way he's laughing maniacally and and telling her all these stories uh, inspired by the joker (laughs) he's like oh well i was just kidding about that but i would have
0: killed them if i had because and we would have got away with it because we're that good Uh, so what's your answer kathy it was really
1: really good yeah, and he says he says he wouldn't forget if she screwed him over. Yeah, I so. swear to God, I will never forget. So, what's your answer? What do <laughs> what are we doing here, Kathy? <laughs> and she understands. I I still wasn't sure if she was fully on board, and and maybe she's still not. Maybe she has another move. But um, you know, she publicly backed them, and she's she's on team Frank again. No, I think she's back on board. You think one hundred percent? Yeah. I think
0: that she is back on board. I mean, she gave the speech. She delivered the delegates. She did exactly what she's supposed to. do. How is Durant actually going to have a working relationship with Frank Underwood these next four years after that? Well,
1: I mean, I hope that she is just focused on the mission at hand, which is keeping the country safe. And it seems like there are threats to the country that she's going to have to deal with. So maybe she'll be so busy dealing with all these national security threats that she won't have time for these personal vendettas.
0: I also love at the end of the scene where Frank's like, all right, look, good. Let's just go figure out what to do with these terrorists now.
1: <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Just just Ico.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably the biggest terrorist is right there in the room
1: with her. Oh, yeah, good point. The Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's so great. Uh, I just have my notes. Great scene. Great scene. It's it's always really good when we have Frank and, and one of these characters one-on-one that um, you know, it's been building up for a couple of episodes. We had Frank and Conway in the last episode. We had Frank and, and Durant in this one. We had a, a Frank and Claire scene earlier in the season. So um, they, they perform these scenes really well when they're built up.
0: We saw the Conways as well. Uh, they were kind of annoyed about Claire's mom dying. Even Shmoopy Conway was talking about how, oh, this was just perfect timing. Uh, they took the day off from campaigning. They did make a vlog for Claire's mom, so that was very nice. Yeah, so they weren't really taking the day off from campaigning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They only made one vlog. That is taking the day off for them. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure he still sent some emails that are available on Conway2016.com. You could read his email, too? Didn't he say that he was releasing all of his emails? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What did he do? can he have somebody else just send like the really bad emails? Yeah, exactly. Shmoopy Conway, she's sending all the all the nasty emails, and he's just you know he's just getting all the email newsletters and and Twitter notifications to his email and stuff like that. All the <laughs> Shmoopy
0: Conway twenty sixteen at polyhop dot com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a long
1: email address. <laughs> Might want to cut that down a little bit
0: yeah (laughs) all right and then the other thing that's going on here is everything with this business with doug and uh we saw doug makes a five thousand dollar donation to the guy who didn't get the liver kind of like uh i know it was like hey that's uh
1: you know above and beyond but i feel like five thousand dollars for doug really was kind of like a drop in the bucket no yeah, I think so. But I'm guessing there haven't been any donations anywhere close to that number for this guy. I mean, this is just kind of a family's page getting donations. Yeah, um, but I kind of felt like, you know, I thought I had to like, wait, how many zeros is that? 50,000? Oh, 5, Kind of felt like, eh. Uh, true. But I think the significance right there, well, the significance there too is that this is enough that it's going to raise a flag. And, you know, in the last episode, I thought Doug had already given the donation and I said he made a big mistake. Then I saw him pull up the website in this episode and he actually made that we got the verification that he made a donation of a large amount of money um that's coming back okay so if this is Chekhov's donation how is this
0: coming back is Conway going to expose that they ended up forcing somebody to
1: die so Frank Underwood could get a liver either Conway's going to or just that director of HHS is going to come out and you know her conscience is going to get to her and she's going to say this guy died because I allowed Frank Underwood to to live and and they're going to say look at You know, his how would his staff member have known to donate to this guy weeks ago if he didn't know if he wasn't in on this?
0: Well, are people gonna really be that much in arms? Isn't that for the good of the country
1: if the president needs a vital organ? Shouldn't he get it before some civilian? Yeah, you would think, but I think it's still like a moral and ethical issue. It's gonna I think it's just gonna cause a lot of problems and and Doug really Doug kind of screwed the pooch on this one.
0: I get that people are going to be upset, but if I found out like the president was on the operating table and he needed an organ, and the, you know the the government worked to make sure that he was at the top of the list, that that wouldn't b- bother me. Any president? Well, you good. Know.
1: You're a, you're an Underwood supporter. <laughs> <laughs> Frank I'm will be happy. on his side. Yes. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that wouldn't bum me out. Do you think that Doug? going to that website and giving the donation is that kind of the equivalent we saw Doug almost take a drink tonight he opened up the mini bar do you think that's the equivalent of Doug drinking and kind of these addictive tendencies that he's he's visiting this website a lot and making you know maybe he's going to start making a lot of donations this isn't the only one i think that maybe he's going to make more donations i think that he's definitely going to fall off the
0: wagon i think that's coming but I think that uh, we're not going to see him like going on like other people's Kickstarters and things like that. Patreons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He's just signing up for all these Patreon pages.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Dick Cheney got a heart transplant. And if I found out that, oh, Dick Cheney got ahead of somebody again, I feel like that's expected.
1: Yeah. I mean, we were both surprised that Frank wasn't uh, to the top of the list, but you know, that's, that's America, land of the free, home of the brave. Yeah, so we'll
0: see. I think that uh, all of our organs should be on the table for uh, the people in power.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're offering up all your organs if anybody yeah. ever needs one.
0: <laughs> Look, hey, if I die and something happens to me, I would hope that my organs go to uh, somebody who's a uh, very high level politics. <laughs> your organs go to like a convicted felon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, damn it, your legacy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my legacy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not some disgraced politician, but uh, yeah, somebody one of the one of the good ones. I hope. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you have like a checklist it's like all right has he does he do this does he do this and yes or no <laughs> no
0: i don't have a choice i think it's sort of like a. I i guess you could be on some sort of like politicians like donor list of like that maybe that like <laughs> like you go ahead of like the regular people on his on his uh organ donor and his financial donor list yes okay so then uh we have also the business with doug finding out that seth is telling Leanne everything that he told him not to tell him and we see Doug sort of like trying to break down the door in the stall in the bathroom we also see him like a, again like with Seth in the and Seth's like what are you gonna do you gonna you want to choke me again I think
1: if I was Seth I don't know if I would tempt Doug with that <laughs> yeah he holds up the glass he's like here you go you could do it yeah, but that that scene between Seth and Doug was pretty good in the hotel room. I yeah. did like that. And Seth is I mean, Seth is right. He's got a point. They can't have any more resignations and any more scandals surrounding this ticket. They need to be a unified front working together. So for Seth, where do you see this going for him? Is he just like back in Doug's good graces now that he called him out? I think so. I mean, I hope the three of them work together, although I do see Seth and Leanne working together really well. And Doug starting to starting to miss things or screw things up or fall off the wagon. Yeah.
0: Doug has been too stable this season. He needs to have a meltdown, I think. Yeah. So we'll see ultimately uh, where Doug's story goes the rest of the season. Now,
1: for these final three episodes, where do you think we go? So, I mean, I did feel like this episode was kind of the end of another act. We've seen it a couple times in this season. You know, we saw it at the end of episode six where we thought this was a real kind of halfway demarcation line. I think we have another demarcation line here and we're going to have the general election in the last three episodes.
0: General election. So do you think that we're going to go right into debate coming into episode
1: number 11? I think so. I mean, I think that the second to last episode is a little late in the game to be the debate. So I think we're getting the debate in the next episode. And then we're getting some campaign, you know, big campaign stuff dropping in episode 12. And then episode 13 is the actual election.
0: So you think that we will have a winner of the election by the end of episode 13?
1: I believe so, but I could see them stringing that out where it's like a cliffhanger at the end of the ep- at the end of the season.
0: What were some other things from this episode that stood out to you?
1: Well, we were just talking about Leanne and I wanted to go back to some Leanne stuff real quick. So, did you think at the beginning of the episode when we saw Seth in bed with some woman, did you think that was going to be Leanne because it kind of looked like her at first? Yeah, I couldn't tell who it was. Yeah, I think it was just some random girl he met at the convention, some groupie.
0: Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen Seth in bed with anybody. I didn't even know uh, wh- what he was into.
1: Yeah, good for him. But he he kicked her out pretty quickly in the morning. No yeah. breakfast, nothing. <laughs> no breakfast. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, we also saw Hammerschmidt. We saw him working with Dunbar. Where do you think that he's going? He's looking for these travel records. He thinks that Meacham was falsifying the records but what is it that he's actually trying to nail down
1: I think he's trying to prove you know both the Pete Rousseau and Zoe Barnes thing cuz they are connected and he apparently hit some breakthrough in it, in his investigating I couldn't tell exactly what he had found um something about Kansas City but it was hard to tell what that was
0: Right well he says that he met with Lanigan If we go back, I believe that was in season two. This was the American Indian character. Yeah, the the owner of the casino. The owner of the casino in Kansas City. I think that that's who they're talking about. And that's what they're going to try to uh, nail
1: Frank down for that meeting. So this is after Zoe Barnes and Pete Rousseau have died. So they're trying to nail him down maybe for how he... Um, he was the one behind the Garrett Walker impeachment. Right, that he had something to do with it. Yeah, so instead of bringing back all the Zoe Barnes stuff, they're going bigger. They're going for the, the bigger story. Right, and
0: now they have the resources of Dunbar now trying to help out what's going on. So do you think that maybe this whole scandal erupts before we get to the general election?
1: Yeah, I think this is going to happen at some point this season. And, you know, I was remembering Dunbar is not only somebody who's running for president, but she was a member of the Justice Department. So she's an investigator, an attorney and has all this legal background. And so her and Hammer Schmidt make quite the team to be investigating this.
0: Not for anything, though. If you are not a House of Cards podcaster, how the hell are you supposed to remember these details in these days? <laughs> yes. well, like, we don't even see these characters on the screen or a picture of
1: them. Yeah, I know. It's it's pretty crazy.
0: So, uh, yeah, Daniel Lanigan, and this is according to the House of Cards Wikia, uh that he is an Indian tribe descendant and a U.S. Congress representative. He is the owner of the Adohai Gaming Casino, which was eventually used for money laundering in affiliation with Raymond Tusk and Xander Fang, Remember, they used to fly Fang in so he could go gamble at these casinos. His direct involvement was never mentioned. But Ayla Saeed, uh, she was the journalist uh, that she uh, ended up becoming an indirect one of Frank's tips uh, searching at Flanagan's Casino.
1: Yep. And I I mean, I do remember there was some standoff between Lanigan and Frank um, and Tusk. And, you know, there was I I remember a scene from the second season where they were sitting out by the pool, I think. And there were some pieces of meat and he was throwing the pieces of meat to the dogs. Yeah, that's 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 my that's my big Lanigan memory. (laughs) Right. And
0: I think there was like some like, oh, if you guys like barbecue, you should see my friend (laughs) Freddie.
1: Yeah, he really knows how to
0: do barbecue. Uh, Last scene
1: in chapter 24.
0: That was the last time uh, we saw Lanigan. It's been a minute.
1: Yeah, so so Lanigan's coming back then. In the Who last had him episodes. in the House
0: of Cards callback pool? <laughs> yeah,
1: The odds were probably really good odds if you would have bet on
0: Lanigan. <laughs> better than any odds at Lanigan's casino. Yeah. Xander Fang would have put some money on him.
1: Yeah, you should have planiganed a little better when you were picking <laughs> your picks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they're going to go ahead and try to see if they could prove that and try to follow what's going on uh, with Meacham. I hope they don't throw Meacham under the bus.
1: Yeah, it sounds like that's what they're trying to do. Um, and Dunbar did say the leak for Frank is Remy also. So they're going to try to get some info from Remy. But I don't I don't imagine that's going to pay off for you.
0: Yeah, I don't know. If if Remy squeals on anything, they'll go ahead and blow up the whole uh, Jackie Sharp and Remy thing. Yeah.
1: which apparently is still a big deal (laughs) still a big deal yeah they did uh they did have a lot of close-ups of tom's dog again in this episode oh boy it made me remember what you were saying about the whole godfather thing with tom's dog and (laughs) and that's not going anywhere all right you want to take some of these questions about chapter 49 yeah let's do it wait uh these convention
0: crowds are pretty worked up also (laughs)
1: yeah they're rowdy i liked when she says all in favor say aye." the whole place says aye, and then there's like the three or four people who you can hear say nay i wish they would have shown us who those people were
0: let's start with one of our listeners carl who says uh, another stunningly directed episode by robin wright wow she's on fire too
1: yeah she's done a really good job i i know we've been kind of pointing out when she's directed episodes but i wonder if you watch just the robin wright episodes if there are things that you would notice that she does or, or types of episodes that she gets
0: All right. So here's the question. Do you think that the show is setting up a Doug Stamper to have some sort of a downfall again? uh, this episode, what's his storyline this season? Do you think that he is going to be the next big death by the end of the season? Uh, and signs (laughs) America's hero, Edward Meacham. Okay. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Is Doug raising up the odds chart at the Lanigan Casino Or the person uh, most likely to be dead by the end of the season
1: i kind of think he might be and i think you know i mean we're gonna lose a couple more people and i just don't know where else you can go with doug's story he's kind of been in neutral for like three seasons now yeah he has not had an arc this season no he's just kind of mad that other you know he's a control freak and he's mad that there are other people that are working with frank and claire you know, but but really this team of Doug, Seth, Leanne, Frank and Claire is a pretty formidable team. They should mm-hmm. work together. It's a, it's a real party of five. <laughs> it's a democratic party of five. Oh, they, right. <laughs> oh man, even better. <laughs> All right. So uh, Antonio
0: Mazzaro writes in, it says, I just watched episode 49 with the hammer swinging away at the big Underwood story. Uh, this seems like this could be the big story that takes Frank down, as you've alluded to in previous podcasts obviously it is way more likely that Frank and Claire managed to kill the story yet again. But can you power rank? Who do you think would be most likely to be the big source that goes on record to confirm the key elements of the story that we are getting after chapter 49? All right. Here are the power rankings uh, that Antonio gives us goes from five to one another uh, democratic party of five. He goes uh, (laughs) number five. Claire says can't see her doing it because too much of the dirt involves her. But she is number five in Antonio's power rankings. Number four Tusk says, I don't remember the specifics of the deal he made, uh, but him showing up this season means he could be in play. What do you think? Could Tusk be the person who
1: ends up bringing this all down? I think Tusk would only do it if there was some sort of uh, big power or money win in it for him. But that I mean, he he did show up earlier this season, so he could come back. All right. Number three, he has Gavin. I think he's still around here somewhere, right? I'm afraid
0: to look it up because I'll be spoiled if he comes back this season. But he would be a major coup. Semper Cashew.
1: (laughs) Semper Cashew. I like that. (laughs) Uh, I I hope it's not Gavin. I just think Gavin, Lucas, like these guys are all like, I don't know. They bug me. I don't don't want them. All right. Number two. This is an interesting one. Doug. We know Doug has serious emotional issues
0: and him finally turning on the Underwoods would be a great payoff to otherwise uh, what feels like a lot of wasted time focusing on those issues. Him working both sides with Dunbar in the past uh, was not a payoff at all. On the other hand, him turning on them could cross the Rubicon moment that I'm not sure the show is ready for uh, his hands also have a ton of blood on them. So
1: anything he confirms on the record would really be hazardous to his ability to stay out of prosecution. Could Doug turn on the Underwoods? I can actually see that. That's, that's my pick so far of all the ones that Antonio has listed. So, um, Doug bar, <laughs> Doug bar, it works on like multiple a dog levels. bar. <laughs> yeah. Dunbar and Doug, Doug bar. <laughs> and then finally, uh, he says,
0: Remy, he says he has plenty of dirt on his own hands. Uh, and, He also has no love lost for the Underwoods and seemed like he's a little bit of a personal fog at times this season. So Remy,
1: number one in the power rankings. Um, I still, you know, if I had to go by what I think would be the most interesting, I think Doug turning on them would be the most interesting and would kind of pay off a lot of what we've seen throughout this season with Doug being threatened by Seth and Leanne and, um, and feeling conflicted about some of the things that he's done for Frank. So. Um, I, I think Doug makes a lot of sense. What are you about? What about you? I'd be surprised if Doug ultimately turns on Frank. I really would. Yeah.
0: I think that Doug is more likely to sort of like go off the deep end. And Frank is sort of going to just have to like put him down like an old yeller. I think that he's like, <laughs> oh, Doug. Yeah.
1: Had to go out, go off the deep end again. Now I have to put you down. Yeah. Look at the flowers, Doug. But I feel like we've almost had Doug put down a couple times. You know, we had at the end of season two, we thought he was dead. And I don't know. I mean, Doug, it would be nice if Doug really had some big moments at the end of this season. Yeah.
0: Let's take a question from Spencer Y, who starts off, talks about Claire's mom, the human MacGuffin. What do you guys think of Claire's mom being the instrument that helped galvanize the DNC delegates to throw their support at Claire for the VP candidacy? And was Claire making her mom comfortable with the eyedropper liquid or was she accelerating the euthanization process? Was there anything controversial to how Claire's mom passed away? Well, I don't
1: think there's going to be an autopsy. Yeah. I wondered about that, but I feel like if somebody is that sick, they're probably just like, okay, they died from this, from this disease that they had. So I don't think there would be any, any autopsy on it, but it, I mean, it definitely is controversial because her mother didn't die from natural causes.
0: Yeah, but I don't think that they're going to say, oh, she passed. You know, I didn't think anybody's going to be really digging this up. I did think the one bit of sloppy business was so Claire goes ahead and for all intents and purposes, you know, puts her mom down and (laughs) look at the flowers, mom, and she puts her down and then like all in the same night goes and has sex with yates elsewhere in the house like if anybody's going to be like doing some digging around like do you think that maybe like somebody might ask a question like uh so where what happened where was claire underwood last night Lolo? she was in uh, her bedroom with uh, this book writer and heard <laughs> a lot of noises coming out of that room like oh really okay let's put that in the report i mean th- she's sleeping with yates and her mom's dead body is in the house
1: yeah, I wrote that down, too. That was pretty weird. I mean, you know, Yates is a weird guy, but uh, the, the dead body is, you know, there's a big house, but it can't be that big.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's people that work at the house. There's, like, nurses and, like, manservants and, like, all sorts of, like, witnesses.
1: I, I assumed everybody – I didn't think the nurse was there anymore. I assumed that it was just the three of them in the house, so. They send the nurse home at nighttime? Claire is, like, emptying her mom's bedpan in, uh, in the middle of the night? <laughs> well, she doesn't have to that night. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, did you notice too at the end after they take the they take Elizabeth's body out of the house and she's in the hearse and there's the motorcade with the hearse in the front of the motorcade seems mm-hmm. very on- ominous yeah also uh, Spencer writes about Claire's
0: speech at the DNC were some of Claire's remarks about her mom really a parallel uh, with her rocky relationship with Frank what do you think about Claire's outwardly candid remarks about her marital issues with Frank. I couldn't tell by Frank and Yates' facial reactions whether or not Claire went off script during her
1: speech. Did you think she went off speech? I wasn't sure because it did seem at times like this wasn't what was actually written. There was a weird pause in her speech where it seemed like she changed what she was saying from what was written. But, you know, so I don't know if we'll find out more about that. But it wouldn't surprise me if she went off script. It seemed like, you know, Yates and Frank did have weird facial expressions and they were showing Yates and Frank a lot during the speech. If she did go
0: off message, I think that we would have had somebody say afterward, like, that wasn't my speech. Well, I think that they would have acknowledged
1: it. Frank whispered something to her at the end of the episode and they didn't, you know, we couldn't hear what it was. I think they so, loved it. I think that everybody was on the same page. I mean, you know, probably, but it, it was an interesting way to show it. And, and they showed Leanne look at Yates and say, wow, you do great work. And he just kind of nods and says, yeah. Yeah, well, he doesn't have a problem taking credit for work he didn't do. No, definitely not. This is, he, he loves doing that.
0: <laughs> Scorpio. Okay. The great Brendan Fitzpatrick writes in to say, I want to know which of you
1: is functional and which of you is formidable. I mean, you're the one with all the equipment, so I feel like you're the functional one. But, you know, you know, we probably could switch that up either way. What do you want to be? What do you want to claim? I mean, formidable is pretty cool and strong. <laughs> I'll take functional. <laughs> all right.
0: I've been called much worse. <laughs> yeah, that- <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then finally, the great Johnny DeSevera writes in and wants to say, would they show Doug's large donation to Anthony Moretti's family unless it was going to come out later this season? Does Seth find it and use it against Doug? Does Frank find out?
1: Uh, yeah, Johnny, for picking up on that, I'm with you, but I don't think it's Seth or Frank. I mean, what, what do they care if he makes a donation? Yeah, I think it's going to come back to Conway. Something Conway's got to get a couple things that are going to happen to, to get him some momentum. And then I would imagine that he has momentum heading into the final episode. And Frank ultimately gets the momentum and wins the auction.
0: And finally, Johnny wants to know who's left to predict to be on the death clock with only three episodes left.
1: I think there's, you know, I think Doug is a, probably a good bet. Um, I could see one of either Dunbar or uh, Hammerschmidt, maybe Tom Yates. Give me a name. Who's somebody on your short list? Uh, well, you already have Doug as your preseason death pick, so I won't, take, I won't take Doug, so I'll take Hammerschmidt. Yeah, I could see the pendulum swinging back on Doug before the end of the season. And, and Hammerschmidt's dog, too, shortlist for, for that, unfortunately.
0: Again, very fun chat about Chapter 49. What's the hashtag?
1: Um, you know, I got, I got a couple ideas. I've got uh, Doug Bar. I've got hashtag Schmoopy's email, or a Democratic Party of Five. I like Democratic Party of Five, even though it's very long. yeah that was that was really good um did you hear when when leanne was listing off the dirt that's on her and telling doug all the things that she's done wrong in her life Uh, did you catch all the things that she's done wrong yeah what did she do? She cheated on a math test yep she shoplifted a dress she experimented with a woman in college right A, a sorority sister sorority sister wow and i don't think that's that bad but uh and cheated on her taxes I mean, is she
0: referring to the time that she experimented with its sorority sister? Was it Denise Richards? In the
1: pool? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she was probably about college age. So way to, way to get a Wild Things reference in their House of Cards. Yeah. All right. Good job, House of Cards. We appreciate that. Which of those do you think is worst?
0: <laughs> uh, the time that she, she was late on her taxes in 2007. i say that was probably the worst.
1: Yeah. The, the math test. I mean... If you cheat on your math test, you're never going to learn math. All right,
0: good job all around here today. Chapter 49. can you believe it? The big chapter five zero coming up next. Episode oh, eleven of season four. It's
1: exciting. We're uh, we're hitting the home stretch, the last act, the general election. We're we're really really going to close this thing down pretty strongly. I think.
0: Yeah, it's the home stretch for us here coming up on the House of Cards podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Don't miss an episode. Coming down the stretch here for us in the campaign season, go to postshowrecaps.com slash H-O-C iTunes, postshowrecaps.com slash H-O-C iTunes. And then, of course, you can send in your questions about the last few episodes, H-O-C at postshowrecaps.com.
1: Anything else, Zach? Nope. This was a, this is a fun recap, and I'm going to go eat a Cobb salad now. Go for it. Uh, follow Zach on Twitter. He's at BrooksZA. I'm at Rob Nino. Looking
0: forward to hearing your comments on postshowrecaps.com. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. Bye.